1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fitness Canner Podcast. Logan Hurley, joins us today. He is a personal trainer at Discover Strength located in Woodbury. He's at the location of Woodbury and Plymouth, Minnesota. Um, he's a graduate with his bachelor's degree in broadcast journalism and a minor in exercise science from the University of Central Florida. And he's also the author of How to Look Good Naked, The Least Amount of Effort to Look the Best with Your Clothes Off, which is kind of a clever... Uh, title, by the way. Um, so we this is it was, it's pretty serendipitous how we came into contact because I literally pressed publish on my Bryce Lee episode. And it, I, it dawned on me that I didn't have another guest in the books. And I was like, Well, I guess I have to go after hunting guests. I had so many pile up for so long. And I, I kind of just let it lapse a little bit. No joke, people as soon as i pressed publish i flipped over to my mail uh on my computer i pressed refresh there was an email from logan asking to be on the podcast tell me how we kind of have a connection together um and i i was like well this is perfect i didn't even email him back i called him within 30 <laughs> seconds Then we played phone tag for a little bit but um uh, we're here, and and thankfully, technology, the technology gods are with us today, so all of our notes in check. Um, Logan, welcome to the show, man. I, I'm glad you're on.
0: Oh, it's such a pleasure to be here, man. I've been uh, I've been doing some catch-up on, on Fitness Candor while I've been waiting for this to happen, so actually awesome. just listened to the Bryce Lee one.
1: Uh, that's one of my favorite ones. I think that, the, he's unbelievably smart, too, yeah. so like when you talk to the guy, it, you gotta like really choose your words carefully and I'm not very good at that but he's uh but just the, the connection between everything that he does and the, the the physical therapy side where where you and I actually you know, interact more with the client side of things so it's he's a unique cat but uh, so Logan introduce yourself to to fitness Candor and and tell everybody where you're from and and what you do and we can jump into it
0: yeah for sure uh, again I mean thanks for having me on um you know you you kind of sparked it so I I did uh, the high intensity business podcast. I met Lawrence, um, and I've been listening to Lawrence's podcast for about the last year and a half. Um, and I was lucky enough to be on a show probably three months ago at this point. And I was trying to collect some um, some other fitness podcasts in the realm uh, that I was looking for, and I came across your podcast. And like you said, man, I mean, I found it. I found your website. I messaged you all within. 10 minutes of Googling who you were and what it was. And then within 30 seconds, I was back in session. Like who is calling me? I missed two or three phone calls from you. So that was, that was pretty funny. Um, But yeah, my background, I, uh, I have a minor in personal fitness. So I went to the university of central Florida decided about year four that maybe broadcast journalism wasn't for me. I wanted to get into sports casting and I realized that I wasn't a former NFL player. So it probably wasn't in my cards. so I decided to add something that I liked, which was exercise. Um, did about 30 credits for that ended up not using it for the better part of a decade. And then about two and a half years ago, I kind of stumbled backwards into a super slow facility. Um, really enjoyed it kind of lit the fire under me with high intensity training. I'd been training that whole time. Um, but probably the wrong way. And, uh, You know, I was lucky enough about a year ago now, just last September in 2018, um, to come across, uh, discover strength, which has five locations now in Minnesota, um, and is consistently growing. Uh, so I'm at the Plymouth and the Woodbury locations and, uh, yeah, man, I've been there doing high intensity training for the last year. Uh, I had the opportunity to meet a lot of cool people, done a lot of sessions, learned a lot of new things, um. And I just, I couldn't be happier with where I'm at and now talking to you. So here we are. So it's
1: interesting to me when people go from um, the university side of things and exercise science into, especially when you jump right into, they, they kind of make their way into a high intensity training because university side of things, they don't prepare you for that, that those kind of uh, training techniques. All. It's very yeah. traditional. It's, you know, three to four sets. Um, different kind of periodization schemes, things like that. So uh, tell me a little bit more about your, your education side and how you, how it differs from what you're, you're learning and how you're coaching now.
0: Oh, man, I mean, they couldn't be further apart. So when I was in school, everything we did, I mean, you touched on it, multiple sets, periodization, um, you know, all the, the basic guidelines for, for cardio uh, respiratory training, you know, what is it, 30 to 45 minutes per day, three to five days a week, all that stuff, trying to get your VO2 max in certain ranges. I don't use any of that at all anymore. Um, You know, stair step tests and stuff like that. I remember when I was interviewing um, for jobs after before I got the job with Discover Strength. um, And I'd been kind of inundated with the hit stuff for a little while. And somebody asked me, you know, oh, do you normally do like a a, I forget what it's even called the stair stepper test with clients that come in? I'm like, why would I do that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I remember Um, doing that, like right before graduation.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So it's all the ACSM stuff, um, you know, NASM things that they just teach those basics. I don't use any of that. Thankfully, I was so far removed. I mean, it was 10 years essentially. Since I was learning all that stuff before I actually got back into fitness. So it was almost a blank slate. Um, You know, at Discover Strength, we basically have a channel right from colleges. We do an internship program that's really great uh, for young exercise science students. And they have a really amazing opportunity to kind of see what HIT is about before they decide to get into the industry. But Honestly, I feel so bad when these 22 year olds come into our office. Cause it's like, okay, you just spent $80,000 getting this education. Let's throw all that out. And let me tell you what exercise is really about. And sure. thankfully they're okay with it, but that's essentially what we're doing. Um, so that's kind of been my experience. Just leave everything you thought you knew at the door, uh, yeah. pick up uh, you know, the Nautilus bulletins and let's start from there. So
1: yeah, that's, that's uh, I think you hit the head. I think you hit the nail right on the head because the, uh, the transfer and even like, you know, building programs and things like that, when you're in an exercise science-based program, um, it's, I think it's coming more from like a clinical side of things where it kind of skews you when you get into personal training. First of all, you realize personal training is mostly customer service. Um, and then it's, you, you hope the person buys into like your exercise philosophy. but. yeah, they they try to skew it towards towards like rehab-based type yeah. protocols. Even though you do, even though they, they talk about you know some bodybuilding things like that, which you know there's certain circuit markets that that's fine, but there's no like cover all for like a general uh, population. I feel I I feel like it's either you're healthy and you're gonna do personal training, or uh, excuse me, bodybuilding, or you're injured and you're coming back from rehab. Yep. You know, and yep. and we know now that like there's there are there. Well, all, there's over 300 certifications out there. So when you're, when you are out of, of, uh, undergrad, or if you go to even the grad school, you, if you try to go into personal training, now you got to, now you're told you have to pick a certification to follow, you yep. and then you, re, and then you realize that no certification is on the same page, like none at all. And then somebody tells you that, well, here's the top three. You have to have to get one of the top threes to be, to be you know, recognized and accredited and it really shows, you know, your stuff. Yeah. And then you start thinking to yourself like, okay, well, everything that I just learned doesn't coincide with a certification. And then you get thrown into an aspect. If you're lucky, enough have to go to like, uh, you know, mission five where I train, we do an internship also. And it's basically the same thing. Throw all that out. You know, you're going to, you're going to watch us train and then you're going to train, uh, get trained on top of it. And then you're going to, yeah. you know, slowly get introduced into, into working with clients one-on-one. And uh, if you're, if they're a blank slate, it's almost, it's better because yeah. it's just, there. there's no confusion on their part. There's no like, uh, well, wait, how, how come we, how come we're not doing all these tests? Like we're not going to do like an airdyne test. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's none of that. It's a completely different ballgame. And not that, I'm not saying there's no place for that, but it's just different on the, personal training side of things.
0: Well, it's, I feel like it's any, anything where you come from a a sports or training background. It's like, if you learned how to hit a baseball from your dad or whatever it is, that's the way (laughs) you learned. He's your hero. He showed you how to do it. And then you get to, you know, the majors and they're like, we got to change everything. It's like, that's really hard. But if you're working with somebody who's a really high level hitting coach from the beginning, you're going to be great. Right. So same idea. And I think that's where our philosophy as a company of getting these people early on it's like yeah they just got inundated with information for four years but let's sure. be realistic how many of us really use all the information we learned in school I, I for one i'm not using my journalism degree right um right so i think it's having that clean slate you talked about and it's
1: so much easier to teach good habits than it is to fix bad ones um, yeah. so there's definitely something to that for sure so you also mentioned picking up the nautilus bulletins was that was that during undergrad was that post when did you kind of fall into that high intensity aspect of uh, arthur jones so that was actually
0: um so i was a high volume bro science guy for for a long long time yeah um and when i actually got the job at that super slow facility that was up here in minnesota um, I was still training five days a week at the time, but I needed a job. And the guy who I was working with was nice enough to believe in me and was like, Hey, yeah, you don't need an ACSM. We'll just teach you in house. Cause if you know anything about super slow and Renex, it's like, they don't, why would they even bother getting those certifications when they know they're just going to show you uh, Ken Hutchins stuff and Arthur Jones stuff anyways. Right. Um, so I was able to kind of do all my education in house. I read uh, the super slow manual um, and then about three months in my boss gave me, uh, the Nautilus bulletins, the second one. And I read that in like a day. Cause I was just laughing so hard at Arthur Jones and hadn't, didn't even realize who he was. And, yeah. you know, when I found out that it's from the seventies too, I was like, this is like the most pertinent information I've ever heard on exercise. And it's from some dude that's been dead for 20 years. And he wrote this 40 years ago. Like it just blew my mind. Um, so once I, I read that stuff, I really just dove down the, the wormhole and started doing a lot of my own research. Um, you know, I still love Arthur Jones stuff, but Ken Hutchins really kind of set the foundation of the reasons for the biomechanics, the reasons why moving slowly is better, why we want to stay under constant tension. What are we actually trying to accomplish by exercise? Because it's not just bigger muscles, it's functionality right. at the end of the day. Um, so when I when I was lucky enough to to go to that place, that's where everything kind of you know the panacea kind of opened up for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, when you, it's funny to me, just your comment about you know reading something from someone that's been dead for so long, and his work spans over forty to fifty years, and because uh, yeah, everybody in exercise science. And not, I'm um, again. I'm not knocking. I, I understand there's a need for new research. I, I, yes. I completely get that. But to completely throw all this old stuff out the door, um, when it's worked for the entire time, it just gets, it just gets overshadowed by the the sheer amount of, especially now in the internet age. In the past, like 15 years, 10 years, so much gets thrown on top of it so quickly. And so when it gets rehashed, where somebody talks about super slow or you know, new method of training or something like that, and you realize, oh wow, these new methods of tra- these new methods of training have actually methods, been around yeah. for a very for a very long time. For sure, uh, it it actually makes me laugh when somebody comes into our facility, you know, our first appointment. Let's say this doesn't happen very often, but occasionally I would say like one out of every ten new people that come in the door, uh, they'll say like, well, you know, I'm really interested in in learning. Um, you know like I want to use new things like I want to do kettlebell workouts and I TRX straps. and yeah I'm like <laughs> new stuff new stuff. I'm like well the kettlebell is extremely old. Oh, no and, yeah, yeah, gotcha. and, 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 and the newest thing in this building is that Nautilus nitro chest press right over there. Yeah. In, ter- in terms of tech in terms of technology. You know what I mean? Yeah so I gotcha. you start you start to talk to them about that and you're like okay and then they start to understand oh wow okay and I use I use the term that Arthur Jones uses a lot like and a vertical chest press is a thinking man's barbell. Yeah, and I love and I love that just because of the strength curves and, and how uh, the cams work, especially if you're working with older Nautilus machines. New Nautilus machines, they kind of make it easier to push heavy weight, and you know that yeah. can be that can be discussed. But anyway, this this idea that the old should stay old, and the new is the only thing to follow. We we got to kind of get rid of that, and I think um, discover strength. And everybody that you guys work with in particular, you guys do an excellent job of, of pushing that, uh, those kind of materials and that kind of knowledge out there, which is huge. And there's a lot of other people, Simon Shawcross, for instance, yep. a lot of people do, doing the same just the same thing. Yep. Um, so going into that a little bit deeper, who to you in your mind, who is the ideal candidate for high intensity training or a smart training program like the ones that, that you work, that you do?
0: So I I think this was something I was going to point out when you were talking earlier about going to school and everything we learn. It's, you know, most of us, if we're being honest, probably got into strength training because, one, we just wanted bigger muscles. Or, two, we wanted to work with elite athletes. Uh, Yeah, We thought that this would be the coolest thing ever to train NFL linebackers. Like, for a long time, I was pretty set on the idea that I wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach until you realize those guys don't need you at all right? They want nothing to do with you. And the analogy I like is, you know, LeBron James isn't LeBron James because of his training, you know, he could be doing Zumba and still be a first round draft pick, right? It doesn't matter. Um, So who is this for is everybody else that's not on either side of the bell curve. And I would even argue people who are on the far left of the bell curve too. But most people don't come to personal training because what they're doing is working, right? So maybe for the most part, below average genetics, um, yeah. people who maybe just life has gotten away from them a little bit, um, and just need some, you know, some guidance and some, some accountability, but I would say 95% of the population could, could, uh, benefit from this. It's yeah. just our wheelhouse is probably right in the middle of that under, you know, that U right in the middle of the bell curve where it's, they're not necessarily in phenomenal shape. Um, but they might not be wheelchair bound, even though I have worked with wheelchair bound yep. people as well. So um, yeah.
1: that that would be kind of the broad answer. There's everyone. Right. <laughs> the most part. So, so how do we get that that message out to the people then that this is for everybody? And because it can be kind of intimidating, I think, when you start talking about this type of training, uh, because it's it might not be talked about enough. You know, people look up how to exercise and they get like a, a snapshot of this this workout, they need to spend, you know, an hour and a half, five days a week in the gym for, and then to go into a personal trainer, they automatically think that they're going to have to do the same thing. Well, I guess I'm going to sign up for this package of however many appointments and, um, I'm dedicating an hour, three times a week at least. And then when you tell them it's virtually the exact, exact opposite of that. How do you get that message out to people when they first come to you? Are you saying, how do you present that?
0: But as an employee of Discover Strength, are you saying how do I think we could make this available to the masses in general?
1: Yes, exactly. So if somebody, yeah. So how do you how do you open the door to people and say this is for everybody? How do you present this information in a more digestible, like non-threatening way? Gotcha. I think it just has to come
0: down to helping people understand the importance of movement, right? Like the thing that separates us from the animals and even really makes us animals is the fact that we can move around, right? That we move through the world um, in a certain way and without strength, there is no mobility, right? So kind of getting people to understand that right away. And Ken Hutchins does a phenomenal job of that. I don't know if you've ever read the um, Renaissance of exercise, but it, I mean, it's a whole chapter talking about mobility and movement. Um, and why we move the way we do and why exercise is so important to ensuring that we can continue to do that right so you know I talked to, about this with Lawrence a little bit when I was on his podcast and to me do you know uh god what is his name Jim Keene I think he's the ARX guy
1: he's been. I do on... know I, I do know ARX but I'm yeah I do know who you're talking about he's okay. been on Lawrence's yes, podcast yes, a few times he's really funny
0: yep. he's got a big old mustache anyways he kind of opened my eyes a little bit. And I've really been going down this wormhole recently of what is, what's the biggest way to open this door for people to get the most possible people to realize that they don't need to do that hour and a half, five days a week. Cause that's what some people think. Yeah. And I think it really just comes down to what is the least amount we can do. And I don't think that discover strength is necessarily that I think there is a future technology that's maybe in the works, maybe it's ARX, maybe it's something else that I still think involves motivation. I I still think you might need a trainer, but maybe like a big three where we get people in, you know, the smart gym thing that's kind of happening yep. recently. Um, yeah. I think some places take it a little bit to the extreme. I don't know if you need sure. to do ARX and Vasper and, you know, the Carol Bike and all those things, but how do we convince someone that getting a little stronger, somebody who who is basically might as well be wheelchair bound because all they do is sit at a desk and sit on their couch. You start doing this, these say big three movements push, pull, compound leg for three months, and I will show you that you're getting objectively stronger and you will feel a difference. Um, I think that's where you get that big open door. But then it really yeah. comes down to educating on the other stuff. Because if you're only doing a big three and you're 100 pounds overweight, Right. You've got other things to fix too, right? But as far as the mobility aspect and what can we do to communicate this to people, I don't think anybody has to lay on their back afterwards. Um, the more research I see, like you don't have to die like I like to do in order to get yeah. these benefits in the long term. So maybe thinking yeah. big picture, five years as opposed to five months for someone, um, and how do we just improve overall quality of life in the long term? So.
1: Yeah, that's I don't a good if that answer answers your question. No, it is. That, that's a very good answer because the uh, my my basically my basic ideal is like we and you you touched on multiple subjects of it is we ha- so we have the term high intensity and then we have how some people how some people deliver high intensity, how it's like the bible the truth the gospel that's all there is to it and that you can't sprinkle anything in and don't you dare talk about mobility here or flexibility or cardiovascular because it's all packed into one. Yeah. And then so that that's kind of like when you and I first talked a few weeks ago, that's why I like to say, like, I, I'd like to think that I have a high intensity, uh, there's, there's definitely aspects of high intensity in my training, but I like to call it just smart training because I try to, yeah, first of all, remove momentum out of it. And I try to tell tell people like that, you, we're going to take as much momentum out of every single movement that you possibly do. Momentum is the, is the enemy during your workout. No swinging. No, you know, if you try to force rep, I'm going to help you we're to control the negative, all that kind of stuff. So the educating piece of it is so important, but also meeting that person where they are. And, you know, it's fun every once in a while somebody comes in and they, you know, that they're going to be a hard worker and whatever you say, they're just going to do. So then using, yeah. So then using those phrases like high intensity and, and kind of going down that route with them is I think a a huge buy-in and a huge sell. And that's all they need to hear. Uh, and then with other people, you start talking about like, Hey, here's what your intensity is going to look like. Cause they hear the word intensity and they're like, Oh my God, like breaking a sweat for that person might be, you know, like, like scary. Yeah. And so when you say the word, I, I want you to, you know, want to, to come at this exercise with as much intensity as possible, keeping it slow and controlled, maintain breathing, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Instead, we're just going to say, we're going to get the best completed rep that you can possibly give me. And at the very end, maybe, maybe it's a few weeks down the road. Then you start explaining what intensity looks like, and then they might get it. Like, oh, well, I've already been doing that. Yeah. So how can we how can we pull that out of them a little bit more? So and I, think, I uh, go ahead. Good, no, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. You're good. I,
0: I was just going to say I agree a hundred percent, and I think that's where the art of being a personal trainer in the field comes in, right? Like, yeah. You know, I'm on I'm on our sales team at Discover Strength, and one of the big things I try to do is when I get somebody who's very hesitant to just really introduce far more than they would ever be able to do themselves but mm-hmm. less than they're capable of and how do we do that tightrope mm-hmm. walk where every time they come in we're just pushing them a little bit further yep. sorry <clears throat> i don't want them to get anywhere close to failure for the first right. maybe 10 sessions but right. eventually i'm going to sneak it in there and yep. they're just going to be blown away at the fact that they can handle it and after i was listening to you and bryce talk uh today mm-hmm. actually I went and I looked on his website, and he uses the term constant tension training. Yes. Did you see that on that? I really like yeah. that instead. I, I might actually start incorporating that in some of my, you know, sales processes instead of just high intensity, um, because yeah. people confuse it with HIIT a lot as well, and that just annoys the yeah. shit out of me. So.
1: <laughs> me too. Me too. It does. Me too. And I. I and another thing. Um, what I was gonna. I, I kind of lost my train of thought. It's pretty technical. But no, no, no. <laughs> it's just what I. It's just what I do. Uh, the the branding of of exercise is also very tricky, and something that I think um, I hope to see a change in the branding of high intensity training. IIT, Super slow. I. I get that. That's you're basically. That's exactly what you're saying. But then you build these camps around things where if you, if you, you know, for me to say that some people need a little bit of of a, a more thoracic mobility work, maybe off of machines. I like to incorporate those kind of things. If people sit at a desk and if they're a runner or like a cyclist or something, and they're constantly just in one state of motion, just moving in one direction all the time, um, you know, sitting on machines, even though it's, you're not relaxed, you're, you're working very hard. I want that person to experience motions, you know, in different planes of motions, maybe just doing some body weight exercises Yeah. and, and those kind of things. But if you mention that to a certain camp of people, like you are just, you're doing everything wrong and you're stealing money from that client. And it's just like a, it's, it's like the wild west still, I feel like.
0: Yeah, and and that's something that I don't know if it's going to be changing anytime soon. I I heard McGuff talk about this recently, too. I think he was on Adam Zickerman's podcast. And just this idea that, you know, especially with super slow, and you, this could be applied to any version of this whole thing, right? We have this idea in our minds that we are the be-all and end-all with what we're doing. Um, right. And we just kind of want our clients to do what we tell them. And then kind of stay in this, you know, limbo until they come back again and don't experience life and don't do anything else. But the reality is if I'm doing my job correctly and I take somebody, and I think we, we kind of mentioned, we talk on this later, but if I take somebody who's inactive, who's never done exercise before, and I start giving them a, a level of strength that they've never experienced, there is yep. a 99.9% chance that they're going to naturally become more active. That they're going to want right. to do other activities. And who am I to hold them back from that? If they want to do yoga, if they want to run, if they want to spin, I right. just want to be in their ear enough to let them know, Hey, there's inherent risk with those things. Please just keep me in the loop of things that's going on. If you do right. hurt yourself outside of here, because I can almost guarantee you that I am not going to hurt you. And if you right. get hurt, it's going to be because you ran 10 miles yesterday or whatever it might be. Right. Um, but to think that, you know, it, it almost goes against what we're trying to accomplish. If we want people to just be inactive, unless they're with us, that doesn't make any sense to me. So it's exactly right.
1: And I, I understand it from the point of efficiency and maybe just, you know, the best bang for, for anybody, I think you could agree with this is, is solid thought, well thought out strength training. Sure. Um, for for a multitude of reasons that i beat to death on this show, I, you know, from cardiovascular benefits all the way to um, preserving muscle mass tissue, you know, tissue and bone density, the whole nine yards, everything. And I think in our minds we like to tell people, look, you have 24 hours in a day, okay? You can spend 20 minutes a couple times a week in the gym with me. That's all you need to do. And I don't think we're <laughs> necessarily saying that that's all the exercise you need, but In terms of like receiving benefits of exercise, in our minds, we because we we know that it's such a good thing. Like today, I worked out and it took me I think like thirteen minutes I think and I was done, and and I was and and I felt fantastic. There's a lot of other things that go into that, though. You have to make sure you're eating right, drinking plenty of water, like you and I do right now. Like you know, getting good sleep if we can, low stress, all that kind of stuff. Being mindful, but. If if you are just if you are just a small piece of somebody's day, which we typically are, then of course they're gonna do other things. And like you said, the education piece of like, look, you're, you know, if you're gonna go out and uh, rollerblade, which great, strength training is gonna be a great benefit to that. You're gonna be a greater skater for it. But just know, as exercise. (laughs) You know what I'm saying?
0: Like, I, yeah, no, I, was, I got, it was just an interesting choice. Interesting so somebody, example.
1: Literally, I'm looking, I'm in my truck right now, oh. and somebody <laughs> rolled by on rollerblades <laughs> in the parking lot, and I was like, look at That's that wild. dude in jeans okay. and a hat and helmet and elbow you know. pads. I was like, I'm going to use that. Okay, That's um, really funny. But it just as a form of effect, any, whatever exercise you choose, like that doesn't have to be the mainstay, because there's another, there's another brain of thought that is if you stop moving, for a moment if you let yourself actually rest and recover you're going to die that's why that's why i'm kind of like on the camp of you know you we could you could take an entire day off and not exercise a bit um if a person is like strong already and you're watching tv you spend all day saturday watching college football you're not gonna die now if that becomes your entire habit then okay we need to we need to talk about something but taking those long rest days is, is important sometimes, but uh, well, I anyway, think you, I kinda, digress.
0: you hit on something there though. I mean, I think the opposite end of the spectrum is people who feel like they're not doing enough, constantly feel like they're not doing right, enough that's it. That's and it. then not getting any results because of it. But then they see people on Instagram or, you know, they look at Nike and Under Armour ads and they go, I have to be doing more. Like right. When I get people who come in who you know, I can think of this lady that does Orange Theory Fitness three to five days a week and us. And it's like, I'm not going to tell her, I've, I've told her plenty of times, let us be your strength training, right? Just go and do the cardio portion there if you want to do that. Um, but she is convinced, even though yeah. she's stopped really seeing strength improvements, that now she needs to do even more. And it's, it's just marketing it's advertising that is convinced her that there's there's no such thing as just recovery it has to be active recovery you have to be doing something or like you said you'll die and i think that's the flip side of this coin that's that's potentially even more dangerous is i think so too let's let's pump the brakes on some of these people and get them to sit down and watch college football all day (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) just
1: back relax yeah but that kind of leads us into in something that you brought up earlier about the long-term efficacy or effectiveness of of other programs so and you brought up um orange theory which is funny because one of my clients today uh first exercise we did was a um a flat dumbbell chest press and as soon as i hand her the dumbbells she automatically says oh god i'm so sore i did orange theory yesterday and yeah i I didn't even say anything (laughs) i didn't say anything i was like i was like okay we're gonna do 20 reps of (laughs) of this weight that's all i said i was like i you know because in my mind i'm like well now i gotta go through every single exercise that you did yesterday at orange theory and, you know, or, or talk to you about your overtraining. And this is why you feel bad most of the time. This is why your joints are joints are achy. No. This is why you're not sleeping good.
0: But and, Eric, uh, I'm sore. So it must be working.
1: Yeah. sore, I must be working, <laughs> but I'm so mad because I can't lose any weight. It's just, yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> So anyway, what so what what do you what what's your opinion on like that the long term efficacy of other programs, long term effectiveness of those kind of programs?
0: So a little plug here. I'm currently writing another book. I don't know why I'm saying plug. Oh. It's not gonna be available for the next two years probably. Um, awesome. but it's it's basically about that topic. That was kind of the stimulus for the whole book. It's called Accidentally in Shape, I'm thinking. Um, but it's why do we get results from doing anything? Um, which is a lot of times the case in the beginning and why people switch programming so much. So the examples I use in the, and what started off as just, you know, uh, a little essay was orange theory is kind of the orange theory and CrossFit and beach body is like the at home version. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's a reason that people keep buying Beachbody products, right. They work to some extent. Yeah. Hard, um, yeah, at, exactly. At the very least, they work when you're starting out, and I can think of a couple guys that I used to work with in college that would do insanity, and then yeah. not do anything for six months, and then buy the new insanity, and then get yeah. ripped again, and and you know, is this cycle right? But you could apply, you know, insert boutique studio, insert cycle bar, insert whatever it is. Um, I firmly believe that when you start off, when you don't have a, a foundation of exercise, your ceiling let's call it of what it takes to get results is so low that anything you do that's of some level of intensity will get you results the problem is is as soon as you get those results that ceiling lifts a little bit right now if you have the genetics for it you can keep doing poor exercise and still get results over and over and over most of us don't have those genetics though so after a certain point you reach that ceiling and you just kind of hit a wall, right? And there's no improvements after that. And, uh, you know, that's where you get, okay, now I have to increase my frequency. And now you're potentially overtraining, you're getting injured. You're like your client today, you know, doing Orange Theory before you go to a high intensity strength training session. And I think that's something that people just don't realize, right? Like, I'm not saying that CrossFit doesn't work, I'm saying that CrossFit is extremely dangerous in the long term. And is your goal to be able to deadlift 500 pounds or to be able to walk when you're 50? Um, Cause I don't think right. the two have to be mutually exclusive. Right. Um, so I, I think that just gets lost and it's an important thing to kind of let our clients know. And then it goes into this idea that that might be one of the hardest conversations you have to have with a client. You've reached your potential. All we're doing now forever and always. Amen is maintaining the strength yeah. level you have. Maintain. Um, yeah. Yep. And that's like, what, how, what do you mean? Like, yeah, it's been two years. You, you peaked, man. I'm sorry. Um, like yeah. that just blows people's minds. So when that happens, you know, you get the, the turnover, right? They, they leave if they're not educated enough. And then they try a new program six months later after they've gained all the weight back or whatever it might be. And they go, you know what? Eric was okay. But he said that I peaked, and now I've been doing Orange Theory five days a week, and I just got in great shape again. It's like, well, no, you just got back to the same results you had before, and now you're going to hit that same season yeah. again. So um, that's kind of my feeling on the whole thing, and it's just something that's not really talked about, yeah. right? So,
1: No, that um, that's that's a good point. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah did your airpods die you, okay i had to I had to yeah i had to switch headphones yeah um, but the uh, the idea, the idea that and maybe you've had this happen i've had clients come into me and they'll ask me yes, so what do you know about p90x i'm like it's a you know pretty high volume strength training program yeah. will it work i'm like yeah any, anything anything will work if you give it time are you willing to give it time because if you do four workouts that are extremely hard And then you quit. It's not because the program didn't work. It's you stopped.
0: Well, that's the thing is that it's not just time investment. It's money too. Right. And that's something I talk about in that essay is, you know, if you're like, I looked, I use P90 X as an example because it's part of the Beachbody franchise. It's like $500 for that program. And they have you training six days a week for an hour. Um, So it's like, yeah, if you do that, and you follow the diet plan, and you've invested $500, like you're probably going to get pretty awesome results, especially if you have decent genetics, right, in 90 days of doing that. Now, in the long term, is that feasible? Probably not. Like, you're not going to keep doing an hour workout every day of burpees and all this crazy stuff for the rest of your life,
1: or at least I hope not. Well, but no, you're, you're right, though, because especially when you look at a guy like Tony Horton, who is a genetic freak. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if, if and I'd like to see what his recovery is like, because I'm sure and they and again, those programs, if they if they talked to people about strength peaks, strength gaining peaks, you know, genetic potential, those kind of things. Well, they wouldn't sell anything. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, because well, you know. a very, very few guys that are in their mid to late 40s, let alone mid to late 30s, um, are going to reach are going to reach like what he looks like. Unless yeah. you're, again, you have, you know, I don't know. I can't, I'm not You already looked like there, that at but, some point. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have like the, just the grit and determination just to grind it out and, and stop drinking beer and everything else. And that's yeah. just, that's, that's hard for most people, which kind of brings us back full circle. I think like this style of training that you and I are talking about, it just, it makes sense and it fits into people's daily lives. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know about you, but most of the people that I train aren't necessarily worried about um, getting a six pack, you know, or getting jacked. They understand yeah. that if they, if they don't maintain strength, then the long-term ramifications of that are much more detrimental than ever, ever seeing six pack.
0: For <laughs> so, sure. And I- I mean the irony is, and we kind of touched on the the reason we all get into this is to work with the genetic freaks and the athletes. It's like the clients I look most forward to working with now yeah. are like the sixty and seventy year old people that after three sessions are like, you know, did my back feels I mean miracle like, oh, workers. Right. And no. They just have such so, like their ceiling is so low is. that they do anything and they feel better. And it's it's so satisfying to work with those people where, you know, it's nice to be able to have somebody who's a freak that you work with that you could just murder right um, Yeah. or to be murdered from time to time but the satisfaction that i get now from working with those people who have so much to gain is just yep. so invaluable like that's what keeps me coming back now
1: yeah you know? and on a side note if you're if you're a fitness professional and and uh, getting into the into the game and because i so i wanted to do too man i wanted to work with professional athletes you know like of course i wanted to do that and but if you're thinking that way because you think that's where all of the money is, that's where the life that you want to lead is, I, I strongly urge you to look at the opposite side of things because I, I truly believe that our biggest earning potential as professionals are in those people who are, who are getting into their like financial – like they are very um, financially secure and into that retirement age and you know they have the disposable income number one and they understand the value of the exercise because like you said no matter what a professional athlete does first of all if you're working with a if you're a strength coach you are this this much of that athletes yep. that you're you're an inch of that athletes you know overall program yeah and you're not the only uh, fitness pro that you're they're working with so you have to work with a dietitian you have to work with uh massage therapist, and then, you know, speed coaches and everything else. You're a very yep. small part of that person's day. However, if you're working with someone in their 60s, 70s, 80s and beyond, or, you know, 40s and, and beyond, you're a pretty big impact on their overall health. If for not the next, all of it. Yeah. Yeah. For the next, you know, if they're in their 40s, for the next 40, 50, 60 years, like you could be making such an impact with that person and, and, and living a, a good lifestyle. So,
0: yeah. And, I mean, the, you know, the idea of the famine mentality just doesn't exist. Like, we know, and I'm sure you know, I mean, it's only something like 15% of the population exercises on a regular basis anyways, right? Right. And we've got an aging population that's just getting older. We are the fountain of youth as far as science is concerned. And there's going to come a time when the medical industry is just so overrun with baby boomers that they have no choice but to just start sending people to do strength training. Like yeah. we can see the benefits. The research is there. It's been backed up, right? There is, you could have 10 different studios catering to this industry in the same small, you know, small suburban, like area of a city. And I think that you yeah. could all be making a lot of money. Um, I think so too. Cause with the price point you, you only need, if you have a hundred clients, um, you know, we talked about, you have maybe what, 40 or 50 that you work with directly. 40, 40. Lot. Yeah. It was one, it's a lot busy when you're just by yourself, you know, and if you own a small business where you're, you know, doing sessions each week, like discover strength is kind of the exception to the rule. We do an extremely high volume, but like the location that I'm at, we maybe do 200 sessions a week, but we have three trainers, right? Four trainers, right? So, you know, it's exactly the volume that you do. It's 50 sessions a week. Right. Um, and it's, it's a good living. Right. And you know, obviously if you own your own business, you can increase your earning potential that way as well. So yeah, um, I don't, I don't think there's any worry as far as money, at least not where I'm, you know, where I'm standing.
1: I don't I, I wouldn't think so either, but I just think people need to realize if you're getting into it, that it's okay to go after like that demographic. It might seem yeah. boring to some people. I, I'm afraid that I'm afraid that people think it's, it's boring, but the I, I, anyway, I, I'll get off that too. I've, there's a, I've done a ton of other podcasts about like uh, building the business side of things. So, yeah. um, but Logan, I want to wrap this up and yeah. I want you to, to talk, tell us a little bit, give us a little blurb about your book, how to look good naked and the least amount of effort to look the best with your clothes off.
0: I appreciate you giving the whole title there. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's
0: also how to the number two look good naked um, available on Amazon. There's a website. Uh, my friend's been helping me with, but basically it started when I started at that, uh, that super slow studio, I again was inundated with Ken Hutchins stuff. I read body by science, uh, started reading Arthur Jones stuff. And the book is essentially two pieces. So I also, the studio I was working at was, a we were like bulletproof. What do you call that? Resellers, wholesalers or whatever. Um, so yeah, we yeah. sold a lot of Yep. yep. So I got, I read the Bulletproof Diet as well. I really like Dave Asprey's stuff. And the book was essentially me trying to simplify those two books. So, Body by Science and the Bulletproof Diet. So, it's essentially two different parts split into the diet portion, which is kind of like a modified ketogenic diet, um, focusing with a few different zones, you can call it, where you kind of experiment with intermittent fasting uh, eliminating carbohydrates and just seeing how you feel. And it kind of takes you through that process over the course of three months, just Mm -hmm. to see if this works for you. Right. Um, and then the second piece is, is the, uh, exercise portion, which is essentially I just ripped off the big five. Right. Um, and basically tell people, give yourself three days a week when you start off where you're not even exercising, you're just going to the gym and familiarizing yourself with the protocol how to move slowly. It's not necessarily 10, 10 pacing, but just smooth and controlled. Like you said, eliminating momentum. What does that look like? You know, figuring out a way to record time under tension. Not that I think that that's super valuable, but I think it's helpful when you're starting off. Yeah. Um, And hopefully getting people who've never experimented with high intensity training, a way to kind of dip their toe in the water. Same thing gives you like a three month rundown of start with this, then move to this. Then hopefully by the time we're at month three, you're doing, you know, like we both did today, 15, 20 minute sessions and you're yep. out of there. Um, so that's the, that's the whole thing in a nutshell, supposed to be just a, a dummy's guide um, to kind of getting going with, with a low carb diet and uh, and high intensity training. So that would nice. be my elevator pitch for it.
1: Awesome. And I'm, I'm going to link that in the show notes. So everybody knows where to get that on Amazon. I'm also going to link your podcast on the high intensity business. Uh, podcast i' I'll, I'll have the show notes there uh, Logan if anybody has any questions comments concerns where's the best place to get a hold of you?
0: uh probably just at logan at how to look good naked so logan at how the number two look good naked dot com um, there's also like a comment section on the uh, on the website if you go there or um, just my personal email is just Logan herlihy so my full name
1: at gmail.com. Awesome. And I'll have all that in the show notes too. So Logan, sorry for all the hiccups. Oh, something no worries, always, man. Something always has to happen. <laughs> like I always, I feel like I'm always talking about like, I got to make a change. I got to get rid of zoom. I got to do so. My, my But then like at the, towards the end, it's like everything kind of wraps up. So that's, yeah, cool. yeah, but that's funny. Anyway, <laughs> man, keep in touch and I hope people reach out to you and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Have a great rest of your day, man.
0: Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate review and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to suggest a topic or be a part of the show, get in touch with Eric on any social media platform at Eric Feigl or email fcp at ericfeigl.com.